and welcome to the Overflow Podcast. My name is Craig Booker. The title of this episode is Putting a Dagger in the Heart of Worry. The material in this episode is inspired by Winning the War on Worry by Louis Giglio. Note, I will talk a lot about mental health, but please note this is not a substitute for therapy or mental health care. I am not a counselor or physician. If you need help with mental health challenges, please find a qualified mental health professional. The title of this episode is Putting a Dagger in the Heart of Worry. The last week when we met, we were talking about the power of perfect love. We are, I think, probably three-fourths of the way through the book. And so we have one more chapter we'll discuss next week. And then uh, I believe that is the conclusion of the book. So this week, again, we're... We're talking about putting a dagger in the heart of worry. Uh, he starts by why we're here. Like why worry is an issue with a lot of people. And he says that, you know, far too often what happens is, and the reason that worry sticks around is we become complacent. We just start accepting worry as just another part of our lives. Louis says in the previous chapter, we looked at how the perfect love of God drives out fear and leads us to surrender our idea of control which then leads us to worship rather than worry. The more we discover about the love of God, the more we're wanting and willing to surrender, and the more worship we give to him. Louis goes on to talk about how God delights in you. And he says, the more we delight in God, the more we discover that he delights in us. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, in his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Louis goes on to say, God takes great delight in you. He quiets all forms of worry and anxiety with his perfect love. And just in case you ever are ever tempted to listen to the sound of the world and be pulled back into fear, God says that he rejoices you, over you with singing. You know, that section caught my attention that God delights in me and in you. I just don't really think of it that way, I guess. And to be reminded of that, I think, is really important, just how special each of us is to God. Louis goes on to kind of pose the question, how do we win the war on worry? And he says, we take back the battleground of our minds. We tear down the house that worry built, and we set out to build a new and peace-filled home on the most stable rock and foundation, the person and work of Jesus. It says it's time for a home renovation. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says the weapons we fight with we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Louis says, you have the power through Christ to identify and bind the power of every lie that comes into your mind. You can take captive every thought. When you commit to this and put it into practice, you begin tearing down the house that worry built, brick by brick and thought by thought. So he mentions in this part just how he really covered this in more in depth in his other book. Um, but So I wanted to give that as a resource for anybody that's interested. And so he says we need to, basically we need to stand ready. Uh, when we start to do this process of taking our thoughts captive, when we're trying to make 
positive progress in our lives, as we've seen in past studies, uh, you know, our enemy, the devil, is not just going to stand by and watch you make progress. You know, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to tear you down as a child of God. And so don't just expect that the demolition process to be easy. Understand that the enemy isn't just going to sit there and take it as you pick apart the house he's built in your heart. So as you start making this progress, you know, maybe you need to maybe you need to reach out to a friend. Maybe you need to reach out to our community and ask for prayer. We have a space just for that. Um, you know, just say, I feel like I'm under attack. I, I'm really trying to address worry, and I really would appreciate prayer. And, and that's exactly what that's for. If you're not comfortable doing a public setting, just direct message somebody. Ask them for prayer, um, that you're getting ready to go into this. So they can check in on you and ask you how you're doing. They can pray for you. Uh, Louis goes on to say, whenever you set out to make change, to start tearing down bricks and demolishing strongholds, the enemy seems to rise up and attack with even more vengeance. Isaiah 54, 17 in the NIV says that no weapon forged against you will prevail. Louis goes on to say, you have all you need offensively and defensively to start this process of demolishing the house that worry built. And remember, the goal here is to change the way we think. He describes, you know, we're not just trying to go for like a heap of rubble where we tear down this house that worry built. Like we want to completely wipe the slate clean and we want to change the way we think. In Philippians 4.8 of the NLT, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So again, how do we drive a dagger through the heart of worry? We think about different things than the things that are causing us to worry. Louis goes on, he says, Controlling and then changing what you think about isn't easy, but that doesn't mean that the solution can't be, be this simple. For most of our, our dealings with worry, it really does boil down to us changing the way we think. You see, worry is born from fear and the attempt for control. But as worry grows up, it lives and takes up residence in the mind. Over time, it slowly but surely begins to building a house one brick at a time. It takes that one conversation, one critique, one circumstance that is out of your control, and it slowly adds to the structure. A bit of anxiety here, a dash of fear there, and before we know it, worry is taking up a lot of real estate in our minds. I don't know if anybody else has had this experience, but it, you know, it, it seems like it slowly builds and it's kind of in the background, and then all of a sudden, the worry has just grown so big, at least in my brain at times, that I, I wonder where it came from. Like, where did all this happen? Like, I didn't always think this way. I didn't always behave this way. I wasn't always such a worried like person. And then all of a sudden, it's like, that's all I do. And so he asks the question, where did that thought come from? And he says, worry thrives in our heads because it feasts on the future and things that have, that have not yet come to pass. I'd guess that if you took 10 minutes and wrote down everything you can think of that is currently worrying you, 
most of your list would be things that haven't happened yet. He goes on, Worry works best when it can convince you to spend your time fighting imaginary battles, therefore paralyzing paralyzing you to the real work at hand. If our goal is to be transformed and to fully take up our identity as a new creation, a love son or daughter of the king of the universe, we'll need to start by renewing our minds. I think he's referencing Romans 12 too. Uh, he says, as we take our thoughts captive, we slowly begin to deconstructing the house that worry built. If we're going to place a dagger through the heart of worry, it's not enough to tear down the strongholds worry has built in our minds. We need to remove and replace those thoughts with something else. That's where Philippians 4 comes in. He says, you know, basically start by looking at Philippians 4, 8. And that says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then if that's not enough to kind of filter your thoughts, let's look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces the kind this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So we're using Philippians 4, 8 and Galatians 5, 22 through 23 as a filter for our thoughts. That's how we're practically applying this. So he says you can ask yourself, does the thought line up with that which is loving, joyous, peace, peaceful, or patient? If the answer is yes, keep that thought. If the answer is no, if it doesn't line up, then you know it's time for a replacement. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we become competent to carry out all the good works that God has created for us to, to walk in. Right, it says, in the Old Testament, God gave his people the Mosaic Law, and he commanded them to obey every statue and decree. He did this for two reasons. First, to show how holy and perfect he was, and second, to show how impossible it was for us to reach the standard of perfection. In effect, God laid on the Israelites an impossibly heavy burden and said, see, you can't carry this on your own. You need a savior. Louis goes on, he says, God fulfilled the righteous requirement of law in us who no longer are bound to live according to the flesh and the anxieties and so commonly, that so commonly drag us down. We no longer live as slaves to those fears. No longer are we destined to spiral into a tunnel of control, only to come out the other side with a mile-long list of worries. He says you don't drive the dagger of God's perfect love through the heart of worry unless you realize that through Christ, you have the power to do all things. So, as we're going through our thoughts and we're trying to ask this question, where did that thought come from? Right, because... Practically, you know, as we're going about our day, you know, we realize we have a thought. And so we need to take it through our filter here and look through Philippians 4, 8 and Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and see how it lines up. If this is not from God, we need to replace it with something else. And not just something else, something that's, that is, you know, that fits the criteria here. All right, so we have discussion questions, and there's four here. The first one, it says, take a few minutes to write down any thoughts that are worrying you right now. This could be on your phone. This could be on a piece of paper. 
uh, you know, just spend a few minutes to write down what's going through your head and that's worrying you. Below each thought, write out a truth about God that you can use to refute and replace the thought of worry. Two, uh, what inputs are constantly pushing thoughts of worry into your heart? Are there any streams you need to cut off if you're going to get serious about tearing down the house that worry built? Three would be read Philippians 4.8, pick one of the words Paul encouraged you to think about, and write out a list of thoughts that relate to that word. Four, what does it mean that you are a new creation in Christ? 2 Corinthians 5.17, what in your life has been made new? That's all for this episode. If you would like to receive updates about future episodes of Overflow, head over to overflow.community slash subscribe. Remember, no one should face anxiety or depression alone. Join a growing community learning about brain health and following Jesus. For more information, head over to overflow.community slash connect.